Welcome to this episode of the Keeping Her Keys podcast. You're about to listen to a recording from a full moon salon that was held on June 24th, 2021 in my school, the Covina Institute. Before diving into the energy of that gathering, I wanted to express my appreciation for listening to the Keeping Her Keys podcast. And I'm going to take just a few moments to talk about the podcast, where it's been and where it's going. It's been about two years since I recorded a podcast episode. And I initially did that because I was getting asked so many fabulous questions about the Keeping Her Keys book. So in the past two years, I've occasionally explored aspects of the book that I wanted to bring out in a podcast format. Most of my teaching is um, within the gates of Covina, and I do feel that there are certain things that I want to kind of bring to the wider audience of people who are engaging with the book. So the podcast was designed to support those who were on the journey with the Keeping Her Keys book. It's been an occasional thing and it's been great and I'm just so appreciative for everyone who's listened to it. So it's been great and we're at a crossroads here that I've decided to make the podcast uh, an intentional project starting in the fall. I'll be back with a professionally produced podcast. I won't have the teenage son uh, editing. I will have a production team. I'll have a co-host, special guest. What I'm really excited about is that I'm broadening the discussion beyond what I talked about in the Keeping Her Keys book to all sorts of things that we find at the crossroads of modern life and the deeper world, from astrology to money to career relationships and so much more. So I hope you'll be back with me in the fall for the new Keeping Her Keys podcast 2.0. And now let's dive in to this full moon in Capricorn salon recording. Hail Hecate, may I be ever passionate. May I be kind to myself and others. May I act with integrity, guardian, light my way, guide, show me how, gatekeeper, open the gate to a magical life. I also invoke into our space the jewels of Hecate's crown, the the stars above. We draw down the moon in Capricorn and all the stars above, to the sun in Venus in Cancer, to Mercury in Gemini, Mars in Leo, Jupiter in Pisces, and Saturn in Aquarius, and to the ascendant, the one who influences us so directly within the moment, Um, Our Ascendant is moving, I think, just about now, has just transitioned into Capricorn. Um, I know I looked at the calculation earlier, and I knew when we were about a half an hour or so into the event where I am in the world, um, not only is the the moon, moon in Capricorn, but the Ascendant is also in Capricorn. Lots of Capricorn. Welcome to those jewels of Hecate's crown, the stars above. Now I welcome into our space our guides and allies, any of the goddesses of Covina who wish to join us, to our plant medicines, stone spirits. Welcome all to our sacred space. So hello everyone who's watching the recording. Um, Everyone who's joined us live has been here for a while now. We've gone through our fabulous opening ritual and uh, invoked Hecate, the stars above, and our guides and allies into our space. I don't record uh, active rituals, so that little piece of how we begin all of our live events is never 
never recorded or never shared, you have to join us live um, to experience one of my rituals. Thank you so much for joining um, us here. It's a very special time. We're celebrating some big milestones for Keeping Her Keys and the Covina Institute with the full moon in Capricorn and the Ascendant. Well, I was just mentioning the Ascendant has just moved into Capricorn. We are leaning into this full moon salon for the blessings of Capricorn, stability, structure, security, order, organization, discipline, leadership. Capricorn is the CEO of the Zodiac. I love Capricorn. I was saying in the chat before we started recording, I don't have any Capricorn in my chart. So I have leaned into Capricorn um, asking to be to be blessed with those gifts uh, in terms of organizing myself, giving myself structure, building Covina as a tradition, and so on. So welcome to our Capricornian Full Moon Salon. All right, so Tanya, who is the student coordinator at, of the Covina Institute, and in general um, is there to help me with all things keeping her keys, is joining us. So... Capricorn full moon. You were saying earlier that uh, Capricorn full moon is already teaching you some lessons. So what's this Capricorn full moon brought you? It's actually, it's brought me a renewed desire to actually like get to work and make these dreams that I have to, to put the work in to make them come true. And it's kind of shines that, that light on little areas that I need to focus on that will be successful if I just, you know, put that Capricorn work in. It's really, it's really asking me to get out of the land and to kind of put those feelings into action. And I love like, well, you know, the, the, so the full moon is in Capricorn and uh, the sun of course is in Cancer. So there's this, I mean, sometimes we experience that opposition as a tension, but I was thinking about this today. And for me, it, it's a tension, but like when there's a tension, there's also like potentiality, like there's energy in it. You know, it's like a spring. So if it's like, if you can get the spring to work for you, you can release it and whoosh, you know, and really get into the, that kind of insight from cancer about understanding our intuition and our interior life and that Capricorn energy which says you know effort hard work diligence um you know Capricorn in so many ways is a sign about you know how we go about manifesting our dreams because without Capricorn without you know Saturn uh, who rules Saturn Without Saturn there to guide us and without us working with Saturnian energy, I think it's just about impossible to really accomplish things, to really claim that key and get going. Because Capricorn is there to help you along that journey. I mean, you know, the creativity, the dreaminess, all those things, the inspiration, the love, all those things we need. And we need Saturn to, to keep us along our way. So Tanya, you have a super special relationship with Saturn. He's your, he is, uh, I don't even know what I would call Saturn to you because he's more than a spirit guide or an ally. Saturn is like your teacher. Um, he's my shaman. Yeah. I would actually, I would say that um, working with the Wild Unknown Oracle deck, that's my card that I associate with Saturn because he really is. He's a it's a mentor kind of energy. It's a guide. It's aggravating. You know, he's the taskmaster, and yes, he will crack that whip sometimes. But it's um, he's always there. It's such a comforting presence when you lean into it. And I've had to learn the hard way. You know, my first Saturn return was not very. Um, it was not fun. But I've actually been having a fairly. I don't want to say easy time, but I've been learning a lot, especially now with the square. You know, we just had that square with Saturn and Uranus, and um, it was really eye-opening. Saturn is, I'm just taking that in, because Saturn is eye-opening. 
And I think a lot of times we want to keep our eyes cl- wide shut when it comes to Saturn. You know that right. we because we come, become enchanted <coughs> with our dream, you know, like the dream itself because becomes something that we're very enchanted with. And we have this desire, that Eros energy, like to bring it forward. And it's like, it's that movement from this enchanting vision that we might have to, okay, now I can claim that key and actually manifest this. And that's going to take a lot of discipline. It's going to take a lot of hard work. It's going to take the things that are not mystical are not, you know, interesting. It's going to take those, like, let's just get things done. And, you know, like, I am super mystical. You know, I'm a ritualist. I love leading rituals, and I love dreams and Sibilica and all those things. And without that Saturnian energy, that Capricorn energy, None of that, all of that would be chaos. Yeah, you need it to, to, to make the dreams a reality. You right. can still have those mystical dreams, but you need that balance of the discipline to make it a reality. So I think sometimes Capricorn's a bit of a hard sell, like in our world. You know, it's like, I think a lot of times talking about Capricorn, it seems a little less interesting than talking about, for example, Gemini or Scorpio or Pisces or some of the other signs that are more airy or more dreamy or even Cancer, which is the mother of the Zodiac. So I'm excited that we're doing a Capricorn full moon salon. And we did, we didn't do it. I think we did a Capricorn full moon salon last year too, as a follow up to our sovereign goddesses ritual. Because I think, you know, so if you're walking the wheel of the year with us in Covina, we go through our six month deep ritual cycle where we spend our time in, in Hecate's cave and go through that underworld journey. So we do that and then we come out um, as the seasons shift, as the days, as spring becomes fully activated, uh, and, and we go through the rebirth, and then we follow that up with uh, work on sovereignty, on becoming like, the queen of our own lives, and we just come out of the sovereign goddesses ritual on the solstice, which was just, oh, it was already like four days ago now, um, and for me, as the teacher around these parts, um, it's so important to me to teach that sovereignty requires discipline, that I want y'all to be fully living that magical, what you know, the magical life that I called it in the Keeping Your Keys book, fully living and birthing into the world, that journey, that thing, that thing that just won't leave you alone. Um, I had a thing that just wouldn't leave me alone, um, and that thing was called Keeping Your Keys. And, um, I mean, some of you may already know this story, so it's been, it's hard to believe, but it's been four years since I was driving home uh, from teaching a graduate course in uh, research methods in developmental psychopathology. You might be thinking, what in heaven's name is that? Uh, that's a course for people who are in graduate studies, so they're, tra- they're in advanced training to become psychologists, and they are learning how to do uh, research with children who have psychological disorders and so on. So I was driving home from teaching that course, which I love teaching. And all of a sudden, I just had another one of those, like, I didn't even know there was, like, I knew there was a crossroads in my future. I've been feeling it for several years because I had been teaching in person and doing these things, um, teaching meditation, um, you know, doing kind of that kind of spiritual teaching and then doing some deeper stuff, leading rituals and whatnot. And um, I've been doing that for several years at this point, really had a hard uh, fault line between my career and this work, except with the exception of the the meditation, because that's, you know, it's more acceptable. You can kind of teach that. Um, And then all of a sudden, it was just as I was driving home along this ocean road, it was just like I landed at that crossroads 
and there was no going back. <laughs> and I came home, got home, sat the boys down at the table, and I said, this is what I'm going to do. You know, it's like I've been thinking about it for years and moving towards it for years. Um, we really simplified our lives. I worked really, really hard for several years to pay down my debt to do, you know, I took on contracts. I would sit at the kitchen table writing reports on different women and children's issues for extra work. I was doing a lot of extra stuff. And so they knew this was kind of vaguely coming. And then I had a scheme. I had a calling because I think that's, we all have a calling. This is my calling. Your calling can be very different. And I knew I had stepped across that threshold into that calling. And, you know, it was time to take the calling from something that was largely interior and preparatory and start to manifest it in the world. So it has been, so it is the fourth anniversary since the idea for Keeping Her Keys was born. Um, the name came fully formed to me. I was, a, I'll tell you a funny story. So the name, I like just saw the name in my, you know, you know how you see things. I saw the name Keeping Her Keys. And this is my first thought. I was like, does that sound like a Baptist prayer group? <laughs> I was like, does this sound like a Baptist prayer group? Keeping her keys? Well, no, it doesn't really sound like, because, and then I was like, that would be like keeper of the keys or something that, so nothing, I'm not picking on Baptist prayer groups. I grew up uh, with Pentecostal prayer groups. So I know that women's prayer groups give themselves cool names. So, uh, so keeping her keys was born. I started a little Facebook group. Um, and, uh, away I kind of went and I had a really great opportunity present itself where I wrote for, um, Pathios for a few years, for about two and a half years. I left last year. I wanted to be out on my own. So it's been also been a year since I quit Pathios and completely stepped out on my own. To me, it's really important. My sovereignty is complete. Uh, and one of the deals I made with Hecate and all of my spirit guides when I was starting keeping her keys was that um, I wouldn't go into debt. You know, most people, when they start something like this, like what Covina has become, there's a lot of startup costs. And I said, I wouldn't go into debt to do it. That was really, I mean, you shouldn't bargain. You shouldn't bargain with the goddess. You shouldn't bargain with the divine. But I did put one thing on the table in our sacred contract that I wouldn't go into debt and that my kids... Although we were willing to, to do without financially that like generally we would not lack because I think lack, lacking is very different from not having any money. So that was it. So it's been a, four years since it started. It's been a year since I left Pathios Pagan. And I got to tell you, four years ago, people said I was crazy. Said I was going to do what? I was going to have a blog and talk about Hecate and merge, um, you know, my practice as a psychologist with witchcraft and the deeper world and ritual and all of these deeper things. People thought I was wacko. A year ago, when I quit Pathios, people said I was nutso for walking away from such a sweet gig and such a big readership base. I'm still here. And I think the message I would say, I know this is Capricorn and we're leaning into discipline and structure, but I want to put on our altar how important it is to follow what feels right to you. Yes, you need the Capricorn discipline and structure, but you will know when something feels right to you and that you should do that thing. And you know what? People will say you're crazy and they will be wrong. Because if it feels 100% right for you, it is. And one of my favorite quotes is that quote that says, it's okay to live a life that other people don't understand. Trust me. That, uh, that feels so Capricorn when you say it, because you're sticking to your guns and yeah. following your path and what you want to do and that discipline that you still have it. So it's, I still totally get that I love that. And I think, you know, it, it is about sticking to your guns. And, you know, so we had our three prep questions to explore. So we're going to dive into those now. 
So let's just quickly go over those questions. So Tanya, what was that first question? The first question we had was, um, what key are you being offered? Is it a new career, relationship, healing? And we're asking you, you know, are you dreaming big enough to accommodate the largeness that's inside of you? And I think that I saw one or two comments that, you know, were a little bit confused by that. And it's just, you know, telling you that your dreams, are you dreaming? Are you giving yourself enough room so that the dream is what you really want? Because there's so much possibility that you have that you can unleash. So don't sell yourself short. Dream big. And I just... It's such a thought-provoking question. I love it so much. I mean, it's it's also one of those questions you can kind of just sit back and your mind goes blank at first because it's such a big question. It's such a big question. And I wanted to start big. So everybody in the text chat, you're here with us live. If you've got, like, whether you're struggling and you're, you're still at that blank slate tabula rasa stage, say that. Say, I don't know yet. Right? Just be honest. Um, if you're struggling, we're going to spend today and then Sunday, we're going to come together again and we'll be chatting in Covina, um, you know, with our sharing circles. So, it, and we'll, we'll be pointing you in the right direction and things will definitely become clearer as the weekend progresses. So if you know what it is, pop it in there, um, and let's give it some voice and it'll also inspire others. I think that's what you know, we are, we grow better together, right? So whatever it is, that's your key, your dream, whatever it is you need. And you know, one thing that's kind of funny that I've been muttering and saying like, oh, my key right now is I want the key to get motivated to exercise again. I don't know. I think I put that key, like, I think I lost it in a bag of chips. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so I've been... Um, I always do some yoga and I have like do squats and things in the morning, but I mean, actually like, I mean, I live where, where it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful this time of the year. I'm literally, um, I don't know, but I, so I'm getting back to it. So sometimes the keys are things like that. The key to exercise. It's not a grand scheme. Sometimes it's about that eating healthier, um, all those things that we need to do, because of course, if we do want to like birth big dreams, birth our largeness, there's a whole bunch of smaller keys that go into it. And I mentioned when I was talking earlier that in preparing to launch Keeping Her Keys, I dealt with a lot of debt. Um, we, I sold the big house we had, you know, we have one of those big houses with crown moldings and four bathrooms and you know, all those things, a mortgage to go along with it. Um, we got rid of that, moved here where it's very, where it was very cheap to live. Um, and you know, really downsized because I knew I was going to answer a calling I had and I knew what I was prepared to do. So, so many things when it comes to like, what key are you being offered? It can be some, a specific task can be a way of being. It can be a new belief. It can be an opening to your um, intuition, to your gifts as a seer, which we call a sibyl often in Covina, um, you know, divination, astrology, understanding your dreams. Like what the key can take many, many forms. Capricorn will help you fully realize it no matter what it is. Capricorn, you need Capricorn for everything. So what's, what are people saying in the text chat, Tanya? There's so much great conversation in the text chat. I mean, there's there's a nice portion that don't know yet, which as we've said, it's, that's completely normal. A lot of keys that are um, around creation, creating like a new business or something personal, there's a lot of healing keys a lot of insights and financial, you know, financial structure and financial freedom. That's a big one too. Growth. There's so many great things. The key of choice. 
Oh, the key of choice is so powerful to live your life. You know, when we, um, something we've been talking about in Covina for, I guess, since the rebirth ceremony is the difference from the, the journey of moving from freedom from something, freedom from the past, freedom from a job you hate, freedom from blah, 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 to living a life where you have the freedom to, you know, bring your dreams into reality and so on. So there's so much there. So in the compendia, which is the guide for um, this class that we're having, this moon salon, I put the key at the heart center, which is the intersection. And in the Keeping Your Keys book and in Covina, we associate the heart with kindness and Hecate as a nodia, which means the guide along our earthly journey. So the heart center is all about ourselves in relation to the external world. Because when we get that key, sometimes the keys are truly just interior keys, but the, the keys always have an aspect of us interacting with something greater or outside of us. We might need to change jobs. And the key really is, you know, being caught. I think one of the, the, the hardest keys for many of us, especially women, to learn is the key of kindness and kindness to ourselves. It is kind to ourselves to claim what feels true to us. It is that is kindness. It is kind to others in our lives when they see us living an authentic life and following our soul code. That is kind. And it's really different than niceosity, I call it, um, when it's like, oh, you know, I'll do this when the kids are older because, you know, I need to be there. Now, when they're really little, you kind of do need to be there for them. But even then, you can scrape out some time, you know, to work on your dreams. And, or, you know, I don't want to upset my husband. Or what all the neighbors think. All this niceosity business. And letting go of that and replacing that with kindness is definitely part of claiming any key. Wouldn't you say, Tanya? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's such a big difference to me. When I learned the difference between niceness, which to me is like a superficial thing. You're not really getting deep into any layers when it's just niceness. And true kindness that comes from, you know, that deep place inside. Like it's, it was a real eye-opening moment. And I try, every day I try to see if I can be kinder than I was before. Right. So one of my favorite expressions, and you know this expression, when um, I have to have a difficult conversation, because Capricorn, you know, at that heart level is about having those difficult conversations. Capricorn says, you're going to go into this organized. You're going to have a clear mission. You're going to state your case. You're going to do this without blame or, um, you know, trying to make yourself, uh, what's the word, immune, you know, make putting yourself on a pedestal or you're going to go in this. So one of my favorite expressions, which I think is very Capricornian, is clear as kind. You know, and that's something that so many of us have to learn that key. Clear is kind. This is what I want. This is how I would like you to go about it. This is when I would like it to happen. This is what I do not want to happen. So, you know, clear is kind in that heart center. It's really about getting into boundaries. And in the compendia, um, I put up the section from the Keeping Her Keys book, on uh, the three cells so you can dive deeper into that and then we're starting the keeping your keys summer school where we'll really be getting into all this um, a week from tomorrow I'm so excited about that all right so that's that first question so the second question is also a really difficult one and for everyone joining live or everyone who's participating right in Covina we're going to be exploring these three questions. So we'll do what key are you being offered tomorrow? And then the second question we'll do on Saturday. So Tanya, what's the second question? The second question is what are your three best qualities? And that's oh. another one that can be a little stumping at first. 
So if you're watching the recording, you missed the part where we laid these things on the altar. So now for everyone watching the recording or listening to the podcast or however you're experiencing this, I want you to envision your three best qualities and see them being added to an altar to see them as the sacred gifts that they are. That your three best qualities are co-created between you and the divine. Of course, in Keeping Her Keys, um, we see the, the divine as the Great Mother, as Hecate and Amamundi. So it's something that we're co-creating. You know, like sometimes people will say, oh, well, you're so, you know, it's you have a natural talent. And one of the things when someone says, oh, you have a natural talent, you're naturally good at that. You're naturally a good communicator or you're a natural born writer. And it's like, if I was a natural, like, that's wonderful. But you know what it actually is? It's Capricorn hard work, getting better, diligence, studying. Um, you know, I've studied psychology, comparative religion, mythology, history, folklore. I have been studying these things for 30 years now. Um, you know, it, it, there is a long trail of study, which of course is very Capricornian, you know, so if there is, if you have a calling to be a healer, a writer, whatever your calling is, you know, that period of study is going to give you that Capricornian stability, structure, discipline that you really need to be a success. There's no other way you, you know, study is required. So that's part of, you know, learning to answer those three questions. Okay, so me, Tanya and I did this the other day when we were doing, talking about what we wanted to talk about today. So we went through the exercise ourselves and I came up with, so my three best qualities, um, let me see if I can remember what I said the other day. So in addition to things like curiosity, creativity, I wanted to get specific, I wanted to get granular. So I said one and I made you laugh when I said something. I said, I'm an incubator. I'm <laughs> so I'm, uh, right? So I feel, I said, I'm like a chicken. I said, I'm a chicken on an egg, always. I always have an egg that it can be a pro whatever project it is. I'm always incubating something. I always feel like a chicken with an egg and I'm incubating it, nourishing it, getting it ready. So I'm always doing that. Um, and then I said, uh, I know I have a gift for knowledge translation, but again, you know, I've done training in communication. I've done training, um, in adult education. I have a diploma in adult education. So I've done the training in terms of becoming a good knowledge translator. And then the third thing I think is just this really special gift, you, like a really unique gift that I have that I didn't really even become aware of in a conscious way until the last few years is that I truly am, um, I have a gift, a singular gift for helping people, guiding people into the deeper world. Um, as you know, it's, it's a form of psychopompery, which means soul guide that through meditation and ritual, I can really help people get into their soul and open up to what is truly their mission, uh, you know, truly inside of them. And that really helps, um, helps them to find that wholeness. And I'm so fortunate to have that. And as Tanya knows, my, ta my talent, my gift as a ritualist, as a psychopomp is something that I work on each and every day through training and study. I listen to great mystics. I read, I contemplate, um, and you know that, so those are my three things. I'm an egg, I'm a chicken on an egg, um, a knowledge translator and, um, a psychopomp. All right, Tanya, it's time for your three. And I even reworked mine a little bit after we were talking about this and I've come to think my, my three best qualities. The first one I wrote down is calm and calm also to me includes, it includes grace and it includes insight, and it includes being receptive over being reactive. Mm -hmm. And as you said, like, I put a lot of work in to reach that state, so where I can be in situations and not react 
where I can be that person that takes in information and actually has something meaningful to say because I'm able to process it and to see it from where it comes from. So that's that's really something that I'm impressed with. And like for myself, I'm impressed with because I was never a calm person you know, until I started putting the work in to really change things. Um, the second one I worked on, and I still have such a hard time coming up with an actual word. I keep saying like knowing. I have this gift of knowing, which also includes innovation. And to me, it's like um, laser sights, being able to cut to the point and read between the lines and repurposing ideas, um, you know, my own ideas, repurposing items, things. Like there's just, I just seem to, I'm able to tap into that spot now, you know, in my 40s. I'm able to tap into that spot where I can appreciate this gift that I have. And uh, the last one I wrote down, perseverance. And that is such a big thing to me because the concept of being stubborn always bothered me as, okay. you know, a tourist. So stubborn is always given in such a negative context. And of course it can be, you know, it absolutely can be uh, darkly aspected or shadow aspected and, you know, cut off your nose, spite your face kind of deal. But I really, I have the gift of perseverance where once I set my mind to it, I can overcome anything. And I've overcome a lot in my life that sometimes it's, we don't realize how much we overcome. I think until maybe, you know, it was talking it out with my sister. We had a conversation and, you know, I've overcome a lot and I would not have been able to do that if it wasn't for this perseverance, which to me includes a lot of faith. Mm-hmm. But I, and, you know, when you're going through it, faith was really never something that I thought it was including. Uh, but I was really, I, I had a lot of faith in myself, even if I wasn't willing to admit it, because I was pushing through, you know, I'm just persevering. And I'm so grateful to be able to, you know, to see these gifts now, to see them as gifts and to use them as gifts. Right. It's taken that Capricorn energy to really, to get me there. Right. So perseverance is so key. Uh, and so is knowing when to throw in the towel. You know, when it's like, this is not working. You know, I thought I wanted this dream, this thing. But you know what? Now that I've done this, this isn't right. It's time for me to start a new journey. And I think, um, you know, as we're talking about our best skills, like the way you talked about adaptability, um, you know, and to, you know, so it's like, and it, but there's also that deeper knowing that you have that it's like, this is not working. Um, and that's right. something, flexibility. right? Flexibility is really important too, to be able to, to move with the ebb and the flow and to know when your goals change and to be able to change with them. Right. And I think that's the difference between tenacity and being pigheaded or bullheaded, right? It's that, cause when you're bullheaded, even when the, the, the ship is sinking, you're still, refusing to acknowledge it you know it's like right. no this the ship isn't sinking the water is rising it's nothing wrong with the ship it's the water <laughs> so i mean it's that realization that gift of like insight um and i think that's where like all that inner work that we do from november to may uh, really comes in handy. So, you know, that whole healing cycle that we go through with the rituals of the sacred cave for everyone who's a, a student in Covina, or if you want to go in deeper, um, you can join the Mistai that starts up again in September. So there's so much there to explore on this altar of you getting really familiar with your best qualities and seeing them as co-creations uh, between you and Hecate, whatever it is you believe in that gave you the basics for that skill, um, to see it as something you're co-creating, you're honing, it's, you know, sharpening that key, refining it. 
shaping it so we can open gates for you. Um, and so lots to think about there. Um, and then the big, big question um, that I thought we're going to, we saved the best for last in a lot of ways this is the most challenging question. Um, when you are t facing a dream, a call, I wouldn't call it a dream. It's, it's a calling. There is something that will not leave you. Something that has taken up occupancy inside of you. Whether it's to do yoga or to run a restaurant or, um, you know, to become more patient or to develop your gifts as a psychic, whatever it is, something has taken occupancy within you. And then it always has this question that it poses. What are you willing to do to, to birth it, to co-create it? What are you willing to do? And this is a huge question. And I'm going to be honest, this is like, you know, we're in our sacred space. This is the thing where I see people that give up right here because they aren't willing to, to give up anything they presently have. And it works like this. If you already have all this stuff, and even if it's shitty stuff that you don't really like, but you won't give it up, nothing new comes to you. I mean, it's that simple. So you can't have the life that makes you unhappy and create a fabulous new one. Something's got to give, like that movie. Something's got to give here. <laughs> and, you know, and this is, you know, like, as, uh, you know, as a teacher, I'm always like, this is such an awkward, delicate conversation to have. I don't like to discourage people. And at the same time, I feel like it's really important to say, you have to be willing to give up things to get something new. I mean, something I did a few years ago, and it, it still drives me crazy. So I can't buy new stuff unless I get rid of something. So I found a workaround for that. I just build whole new rooms and structures on, on my house. It's empty. I'm just joking. No, I do that. But anyway, but, but I do even force this into like my clothes, um, things in the house. Like, you know, I'd say, no, like, unless you do a purge and get rid of like the 97 pairs of black leggings you have, they're all different. Um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, you can't buy any new clothes. So, you know, to me, that's been a good training for this idea of you can't keep adding things. You have to be willing to let things go. And so many things, I mean, you, you know, that we have, and, and, and I see it all the time. People don't want to let go. They want to go out, let go of the past. They know the past. They have a fear of making the wrong choice. So they won't let go of anything. They're like, I know this is, this is horrible. I'm super unhappy. But I don't want to let go because what if it goes wrong? And I was talking to my youngest son yesterday who's, you know, getting ready to thinking about what he wants to do for college. And, uh, and I said, I want you to live a wildly creative life. This is my dream for you. Wildly creative. And to go, I want you to live in a big city. And, you know, like you, you, you do you, but this is what I, to me, if I was like, this is my wish for you. And I said, you know, the worst that can happen is that you have to come back here. So I think that's a question. A lot of times when we're entertaining, what would I be willing to give up? I think the follow-up question to that, and we're not focusing on that right now, but if some of you want to stretch this out a bit more is like, what's the worst that could happen? Because if we give voice to the worst that can happen, um, I know there's a superstition. It's like, well, if we talk about it, then that shit's going to come true. And I, I have to say, in my experience, we, we do a thing here in the house where we do the, we play like, what's the worst that can happen game. Um, and we, so we name it and give voice to it. And that way it's not a boogeyman in the corner anymore. It's just this. Well, yeah, it, it, you could fail and you could have to move back here. But you know, it's not horrible here. Like, so what's the worst that could happen? The chances are things are not going to be any worse than they are now if you're really unhappy where you are in your life. 
So I don't know. That's just some truth from me. Tanya, what are your thoughts on all that business? About what are you willing to do to manifest your purpose? I think it's such an important question because, you, as she said, you have to be willing to do something. And in my experience, there's always some kind of an exchange. There's always a give and take. And I usually think of it like, so you have a beautiful garden, and you can grow all kinds of different beautiful plants, but you only have so much space in your garden. Mm-hmm. So if you want to rotate or change out, like there's, I've learned this the hard way through, I had a mouse situation, which kind of forced me to purge a lot of old things from the closet. It was a total closet purge, which turned into an emotional, spiritual purge. And it really made the room that I have now to accept these new keys that are being offered. Right, so the purge, the urge to purge and not to cling to things that you don't doesn't don't serve you anymore. It's uh you know, it's definitely it's a process. It's not ha- and the other thing I would say is we're in Capricorn moon here. Let's be honest. It takes a long time to do a lot of these things. You know, we get the key, we start the journey and like Tanya was talking about perseverance. And that, you know, we build the skills. So we the first key, maybe we need to go back to school. We get that key and then we work through that and so on and so on. And, and we keep progressing along that journey of co-creation. And I think the aspect of co-creation is so important when we are like answering that calling. That, you know, what we're, cre- we're doing is something that's already been planted in our soul. And it's our job to, to co-create it. To, but, it were, you know, it's not just the midwife catching the thing. You know, we're actually co-creating it. So I think that's so important. If you have the PDF of the compendia, there is the follow-up to help you get ready for Sunday's Waning Moon Magic Circle. So it's called Follow-Up Crafting the Key Statement. So work on that um, over the next few days. So the three key questions, um, I'll just read them off for those who are watching the recording and don't have access to the guide. So question number one, start big. What is the ideal? The ideal. I want to be on the New York Times bestseller list for nonfiction. Lofty goal. How do I get there? Like, you know, like or whatever your goal is, like dream big and then break it down. So now you get get focused. Be that key cutter. You know, see that key. It's like, oh yeah, there's a key and it, it works, but I need to get that key really honed. Write a few sentences summarizing that big idea. Bring things into focus. Powerful. The key statement is a spell. Use words to bring it to life. And, and this is something I always have right over my desk. It always says strong verbs, short sentences. I don't always do the short sentences thing and I apologize. Um, <laughs> but, you know, strong verbs. I want to be whatever, but use a strong verb, be specific. Um, those are, so that's, that's your assignment. So those, I'll read the three questions again. Start big. Dream big. Let that largeness inside of you take shape. Write it down. Now get focused. Write a few sentences summarizing your big idea. You want to be a New York Times best-selling author for nonfiction? Oh, you got to write a book. (laughs) You got to get a book deal with a big publisher. Uh, You've got to build a following. You've got to find the time and probably the money you know, in order to find the time to write the book, right? You know, you know, like, so what are you going to do? Well, you need money. Oh my goodness. You need money. So you got to save, you got to live less, you got to get creative, you got to do all these things. So you can see, you start to get specific about that dream. Uh, And then have a key statement. I will throw, I will do everything in my power to write a book that I think the world needs. I will 
sharpen my skills. I will be disciplined and I will meditate and connect to the deeper world and my beloved goddess. So I stay in my lane and honor this calling, you know, get really specific. So those are the three questions. Uh, and I encourage you to explore those three questions. So now, Tanya, you got some final thoughts. It's time to go into meditation. So what are your final thoughts? I know that's a lot of discussion. Um, we'll have the recording up so you can rewatch it, work on the questions and so on. What are your final thoughts before we start to switch to meditation? You kind of froze. You kind of froze for me. Can you say it again? Patience is your friend. Finding your keys and finding your truth and finding your dream. It's, you know, it's not going to happen instantly for many of us. And uh, just stick in there. Persevere. Have patience. Have patience. Be gentle with yourself. You and I both talked about the other day how we do this self-talk thing because I was cooking. Tanya and I were having this meeting and I had to cook all this food because it was my turn to, to bring the food to a thing that one of my sons does. And I was cooking and I started saying like, I talked to him. I was like, oh, Cindy, what did you do that for? Um, and then we were both saying like how we talked to her. You talked to yourself like that too. <laughs> And, and so I think it's just like, when you talk to yourself, be gentle with yourself. Talk to yourself the How way... you talk to yourself is so important. Right. It's... You wouldn't talk to a stranger that way. Don't talk to yourself that way. That's, at least that's how, I, that's how I worked it into my life. Right, because I think some, Capricorn can be a little stern. So maybe pull in some of that cancer, great mother energy when you're talking to... Like, mix them together. And be gentle, but firm. Um, be assertive, not aggressive. So I think those are some tips. Um, so we are going to switch into meditation mode. So everyone here live with us, I am going to invite you now just to start to turn the focus inward. To listen to the recording of the meditation and to dive more into Crossroads and Keys and all of my teachings, go to keepingherkeys.com.